Rituals are the foundation pulling us together, but it takes a community to support the rituals we need throughout our lives. Welcome to the journey of finding your community. Learn the knowledge of generations and how it applies to your everyday life. Tune in for an unconventional perspective on ancient wisdom and how it can change your life right now. I will tell you how to navigate this fast-changing world with the power of the gifts you already have. Leaving your gifts with me, Susan Hopp, Ancient Applications for Modern Times starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Living Your Gifts, Ancient Applications for Modern Times. I'm your host, Susan Huff, and I welcome you today and invite you to join me the second Wednesday of every month as we discuss topics to help you find your gifts and your community. In the Dagara village, each person has many mothers, and it's not dependent on who gave you physical birth. In fact, each woman in the village is considered a mother, even if she has never been pregnant or birthed a child. Beyond the well-known phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, it takes many mothers to raise a child. Actually, both mothers and fathers that we're talking about mothers here today. I am thrilled to not only have Dr. Pat again with us today, but to introduce you to one of my closest friends and one of my co-mothers of my children, Jennifer Halls. As well as one of the best intuitives I've ever met, Jennifer is a consultant who helps clients around the globe develop and recognize their intuition. She is the founder of You Know, author of the Runes Workshop, a You Know Intuition Workbook, and has more than 130 audio downloads that give numerous ways to sensitize to and experience intuition and spirit. For more than 35 years, Jennifer has studied energy, ritual, and spirituality with many experts. She was initiated by and studied with Sabon Fusome for 18 years, continues to explore energy medicine with and was ordained in 1997 by Reverend, Reverend Rosalind Briere and is trained as an advanced labyrinth facilitator by Dr. Reverend Lauren Artris. Welcome Jennifer and Dr. Pat. I know I told this story, Dr. Pat, last month, but it's worth repeating for those who haven't heard it. When a stranger came to Sabonfu's village, he asked her, can you get me your mother? She was confused and she didn't know how to answer because to her, all of them were her mother. Sabonfu had no knowledge what a biological mother who took precedence over the other women she also considered her mother. This is how children are raised in the Dagara tradition. All women are mothers and all men are fathers. Jennifer and I became mothers together before we met Sabonfu. One of the reasons she even continued to come and teach us traditions and is that we were already modeling a multi-parenting village. Jennifer, welcome and please tell everyone how we did become mothers together. Thank you for having me, Susan. It's uh, good to be here. How we became mothers, I there were a lot of different things that happened, but the first thing that happened was I saw you across the room and you were holding a three month year old Branner, three month old Branner. And he, um, he was so adorable. And he we were in a huge workshop. And he was so quiet and sweet. And I just thought, Oh, look at that cute blonde haired woman with that pretty baby. And um, we uh, through a series of things that happened. Um, he he came over to sit by me and I didn't know he was there. And I felt this huge, like a wake up charge through my body 
And I sat up and I looked at this little guy sitting and looked him in the eye and I heard in my head, you'll know this child for the rest of your life. And I thought, I don't even know this woman. I don't know where this information is coming from. I am not telling anybody this. I feel like a crazy person, but he was smiling at three months old and Susan was holding him up. Six months later, I went to visit uh, some friends of mutual friends of Susan and I, and they said, oh, you should give Susan a reading. And um, when I went to, to give her a reading, the, the thing that happened was she had, she had lost two children at one point. And I saw both of those children at the age they would have been. And so mothering and children is what brought us together. But I didn't realize I was going to be a mother. I just, um, it just sort of happened uh, because of me going there and doing the business together. I don't think I knew it was going to happen either. Although um, I think because of my grandmother living in my home my entire life, it, it probably opened me to to feeling okay with other people parenting my children. Although at points, I'm sure we struggled with some of that because I think there's a struggle in co-parenting too. Dr. Pat, I don't know if you've ever had um, oh, oh, that happen also, but. Oh, look, I love how you started this out. I love how you started this out because I want to really emphasize this. There are many people that may be listening, and I will say this, uh, in many women I work for, with, especially from the LGBTQ community, and if you know anything about women, the idea of mothering goes beyond actually delivering the child yourself. And I raised my brother for as long as I could until I got thrown out. <laughs> and so I know what that's like. Did I know how to do that? Oopsie. Um, I've mentored young women in a coming of age program. So I am so glad when you opened this up, both of y'all, I'm so, uh oh, there's my Southern stepmom coming through. I'm so glad you opened this up because women right now are instinctually in a mothering mode. What do you think? What do you both think about that? Because if we weren't, would you even be doing this show today? I think I would still probably be doing this show today. Okay, wrong question. Yeah, um, but because I do believe that we we are lonely as mothers in this culture, and that we need more people to influence our children, and not to. I mean, the one beautiful thing that Jennifer always gave me is she could she could see more of my craziness. You know, and my over attachment sometimes I had to the outcome of what my children should be in my mindset doing because I wanted to control it more. And she had a way of coming in and like looking at me like, okay, you're, you're, you're out of step, <laughs> you know, um, or you might want to back off a little, Susan, I, I, because I was more scared probably and fearful of the outcome of of my parenting, which made me grasp it harder. And um, I would say that's true, wouldn't you, Jennifer, with us? We, we had, um, especially with um, grades, you you kind of got a little crazy with grades. And, and what was nice for oh, kids would know that they could call me too, if I wasn't there, because I only lived there a week out of every month. So 
if I wasn't there and and I could, you know, Susan was going off the rails about the grades. Um, if I knew what you were going school. to. You're mm -hmm. talking about school grades, right? Yeah, school For grades. that are not like, right, yeah. you're talking about, you got your kids in school, they get right. a report card, those right. things. Yes. I got a hot flash from you just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the main thing she would go crazy over though. Well, I mean, I think it was my trigger though. I mean, you know, you know how you have your triggers from your childhood. My mother was a school teacher and she was, and I, I really didn't like to take to, school too seriously and knew that that had gotten in the way of some of my future decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when Ashley would pretend she was stupid, um, it would throw me out. Mm -hmm. And she did that her junior year. She did that. And I, yeah, it was quite I got a, a lot of phone calls. <laughs> she got a lot of phone calls during that time. So, but it did take the pressure off of me um, to have somebody or not just Jennifer. I had other people that helped support me raising my children. We, we really knew how to do community without knowing how to do community. And we, I'm sure we failed quite often, but we also um, did give the children different perspectives, which I think is missing in our culture. I think mm -hmm. we don't have that enough with our children anymore that they can run to the neighbor down the street and say, you know, what do you think about this? People are really threatened by different viewpoints or being, and, and with COVID, I can't even imagine how, how hard it is right now to be a parent. So, I don't so, know. Let, let me ask you a couple of questions about this because, you know, today what we're talking about is the concept of mothering. And, you know, there's something interesting that the three of us share in common, and I think it's worth talking about. Um, when um, I remember this, I don't remember when it was, but I remember when um, Hillary Clinton came out and said, it takes a village. I remember that. Uh, that was her thing. Um, it wasn't the first time I heard it, but I didn't understand it till I, like you both, worked with the woman, <clears throat> boy, I'm getting choked up here, Sedonia Cahill. Both of them, I think, are having fun time together. Sabanfu and Sedonia uh, yeah. are having fun. I, I, I don't know about Sabanfu, but I could tell you that Sedonia is probably smoking a little peyote. Um, Sabanfu is not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but... I didn't understand it, but she demonstrated what it was to do that. So she never said, oh, let me teach you about mothering in village. She just did it. Did you have that same experience in learning it that way? I mean, I think she just did it, but I think she also did teach us too. Don't you, Jennifer? Well. I think it came about us mothering was um, when I was there, you know, you, you had to go and do something and I would be there and I would fix dinner and I would be doing this and they would, they would get a gift or something. And um, Susan would, Susan would say, oh, that's nice. And I'd say, uh, uh, get back. You're going to write a thank you note. And Susan would be like, oh, and that's your thing. I'm not going to try to get them to do that. So I was, I was intentionally doing things like that or, um, uh with the kids as well um you know just i think your own upbringing comes into it when we would be eating dinner 
and the kids would say, I don't want that. That looks terrible. I'm like, you have to have a no thank you helping. And that you weren't doing beforehand. But the kids, they had to have one bite. That was a tradition in my household. And Susan was like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And so it just sort of happened naturally, that kind of thing. And then later on, when Branner was actually recognizing and saying, this is Jennifer, my second mother, um, I think we started thinking and doing things on purpose, like with her daughter, which uh, we would play good cop, bad cop. And so well, in particular, she wanted a belly button yeah. um, ring and her, and you know, so I, I was like, no way. Usually Jennifer- but we planned that. But we, we planned it. We had to find something. I mean, I think we kind of knew intuitively, find something you want to argue with your child about that's safe. Mm -hmm. that they can win mm -hmm. at. So we knew we wanted Ashley, you know, to have, she was at that age. I mean, and believe me, she still did whatever. And, you know, she was a typical teenager, but we wanted her to feel like she had some control over what happened too. So Jennifer was like, Susan, I think you're being ridiculous about this belly button ring. And really, I didn't care that much, you know? <laughs> and um, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going, you know, and, and it was this back and forth. And I don't know, I think we carried that on for a long time, didn't we? We did it for about, I mean, a good four months because we decided she needed to rebel against something. And I was always bad cops in the other scenarios, always. And so for Susan to be bad cop in this and me to be good cop, it was kind of fun. And, uh, and we would laugh after the kids would go to bed, we would talk about laugh I think it's working she's really mad and uh and then when she got the belly button ring though Susan went in with her and it was really a victory I mean she really felt good about herself this was something that really gave her like okay she had that she had to come up with the reasons why this would be an okay idea at this age you know she had to really think about it and I think that it pushed her to do that and then she felt good about herself. And she knows the story now. That's the only reason we're telling it. Because I, I said, Susan, any story we tell about the kids, we need their permission first. So she does know this that this story is being. And she was not happy that we had like arranged this whole thing. She was like, what? You planned that? Like, she's, she's like, I had no clue that you all had planned this whole scenario of what to do. And I, I do think there's something about kids needing to feel like they they won they needing to feel like they have uh some power over their lives and and i think when you have more mothers helping you figure that out you're not so alone and 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 trying there's no way you can play good and bad together it's by yourself it's <laughs> it's just too difficult you and know? we did not tell her till she was 25 that we had done that whole manipulation we waited 10 years before we told her that we did that <laughs> so. and she still wasn't happy about it so, um, but I, I do think right now in, in this, this culture, like even with my teenagers that I, um, I see, and I don't know about you, Jennifer, I know you see mothers. I, I think they're really struggling with how do you bring somebody into your life? I mean, I was really fortunate. My husband at the time loved Jennifer, didn't mind have, having people in my home. And there were a lot of people in my home. Um, but I don't know how to make that happen at this time. And I think it's a quandary for people. How do you, I mean, ours happened naturally. We were lucky, it kind of unfolded. And then was Sabonfu came into the picture. So 
I mean, my house was full at times, that's for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite sure. And I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have thoughts about how can people create a community now and hopefully futuristic, it'll be a little bit easier, you know, but. Well, one of the things that we did, we, we sat down and talked about, you know, I asked you, are you going to be okay if I, and you, if I correct your kids, if, are you going to be okay if I, if Branner's walking in with a Mountain Dew before dinner and I say, uh-uh, buddy, in the refrigerator with that, you know, and she's like, of course. So we had talked about that. I think it, um, because I have other friends with children, I think there's a problem if you don't talk about it first. Um, so I think if you talk to someone and say, how do you feel about, about me, um, correcting or, or uh, your child, or even, you know, talking about different issues they might want to talk about or um, uh, praising them on their accomplishments. Like how much, how much of a relationship am I allowed to have with your child? I think is a yeah. good way to start because I ran into trouble at, with one friend when, yeah. when that wasn't, because some people are very protective. They don't want other opinions out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it really is a really important point, isn't it? You know, and I think some of the hardest things to do is without that permission, letting other people do things the way they want to do it, even though you might have experience, even though you might have insight, correct? Right. Boy, that is a that is a lesson in personal development all by itself right there. Oh, yes. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I've had points in time where I can remember one time I'm, I'm in SeaTac, the airport, and getting ready to get on a plane. I'm stopping for magazines. I like to, to read all the trash magazines when I'm on a five-hour flight. Um, and there was a family, a mother, a husband, and a young child. And the husband, I mean, if you would have heard what he was saying to the mom the abusive nature of it. It was just awful. And then the child. And I can remember on count on one hand the times I've walked up to somebody and said, I want to give you this card. This is to for you to get some help from an abusive relationship. Um, and I looked at the kid and I said to the, the young girl, please remember you are perfect just the way you are. And I thought for sure, this guy's going to pull out a gun, I'm going to be dead, but I couldn't help myself. So that is a boundary I find extremely hard. It is hard. I had a, um, before, uh, when I just had Ashley and I was a single parent, um, I had a woman and her child move in with me in my little apartment. And I had her come because she was being abused by her husband. And um, she decided to go back. It was one of the hardest things that's ever happened was me seeing her take this little girl and, I, and her name was Susan. And I remember I looked at her and I said, I hope you remember me one day because she was little. I hope you, you know how precious you are and how you deserve to have a home where you feel safe. And I, you know, remember my name. Now I never heard from them again. They left and, um, I never knew what happened, but I can remember just feeling this deep sadness. And this woman was fearful. She didn't know how she was going to make a living. She was struggling. I, she, she didn't want to 
be in my home in a two bedroom apartment with four people, right? But oh, it's just so sad because you you often wonder what happened, you know, what happened down the road and mm. and how important it is. But you know, you still hope that when you make that statement that it gives pause. I, I know that you know Jennifer made me give pause, and I I mean I was I could get pretty wound up. I mean what and and when you're alone. There's nobody holding you accountable. Right. Right. And there's wow. something about, there's a sweetness. I mean, it's hard when you got to look at your stuff, right? And own that you're not in alignment with the highest part of yourself around the parenting. But there was something about knowing somebody was looking out for me and my parenting and my children. You know, that is precious. It's it's precious. And if you can get past thinking you got to do it all or know it all, uh, which is not easy because there were times where I was going I, you know, in my head, I think yeah, mm -hmm. you didn't have them, yeah. Yeah. You know? which it doesn't feel good either. When you love the person who's the mother too, with mothering yeah. with you too. But there were times when I felt like, you don't know, you're not here full time. You didn't give birth, but yet she did know something that I didn't know too. So just kind of crazy. Can I, I want to bring up a, 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 a topic and ask you both about this because, you know, it's really wonderful to hear you both describe the relationship that you've developed between each other, but even more importantly, that your children have developed. And there's a word that comes to mind. It's a, it's a word that I, I studied actually for a long time, literally, I really did study it, but I'm actually, it's up in my face again around some other issues that are out in the world, you know, happening today in our country. It's trust, the word trust. And I wanted to ask you each about that word and how you've been able to cultivate that between yourself uh, the roles that you're sharing with your children and what are the what are the important factors of that for others to know um, because it is hard to step out with someone else's children or even your own but boy trust is so important what are your thoughts on that Susan well I mean I think you, you've got to trust yourself some first. I mean, it's got to come within um, that you've got to trust that, you know, you're listening. I, I think for Jennifer and I, I think I had to be real. She had to be real. We, we couldn't pretend we're something we're not. And we had to talk. I mean, it wasn't always, I mean, I, we drove, it was like we were a married couple and, you know, we were, we were friends in the same house. Jennifer was coming and teaching intuition, you know, she, but it was, you know, it started out that way, but it became so much deeper, so much richer. And part of that richness was we didn't pretend we, you know, everything was on, on the table. This is who I am and my craziness and all, and the same with her. I mean, you know, it was, it was just being authentic. And I think we did that pretty well with each other. I think we still do it pretty well with each other. If I'm mad at her, I don't pretend I'm not mad. You know, <laughs> I say, uh, or if I disagree, I, I disagree with her. She disagrees with me. And even around the children, we can disagree. 
but I have learned that, and I think Sabonfu layered that on us some, like there's a richness in the children not seeing it the same way or people always agreeing if you do it with integrity. That doesn't mean you don't get mad either. Right, we, Jennifer? We had very few fights because we were honest. I mean, that first of all, we went into business together not knowing each other very well, but one of the ground rules we had was we're going to be absolutely honest, absolutely truthful we are. Whether it's right or not, we have to be honest with who we are, where we are, and how we're feeling. So if, if Susan was saying, you know, you're like, you don't know, you didn't have this kid. I would say, yeah, I haven't had this kid, but, but this is what I'm seeing. Is that, is that uncomfortable? I mean, we would have very honest, honest conversations. And that was something we both believed in and agreed upon first thing. And it, there was, I think we only really ever had one fight and it wasn't about the kids. No, it wasn't about the kids. It was about it was gonna. It was about it scared everybody in the house. Yeah. Chuck came. My 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 husband. He came up to me and he said, "Is Jennifer coming back? Are you okay?" And we were like, "Yeah, I'm fine." What are you talking? Yeah. I mean, we didn't even get it was as big as it was, and it yeah. also played out not just with my children, but I had a mother who was dying of Alzheimer's. And I will never forget, I had I was going through cancer at the time. It was a really stressful um, time in my life and in Jennifer's life because, you know, she's my best friend. And um, I had a caregiver and I, I didn't know I slammed her energetically. And Jennifer looked at me and she said, oh, you just annihilated that woman. Huh. And I was like, what? I did not. Because I didn't know I did. I mean, I really didn't because I was not in my body very much. And she pulled me back in and um, really helped me to get centered again. Mm. And I had, and Colin asked the woman to forgive me, you know? Wow. I mean, these are the stories that you share to help other women understand this is not about perfection. Um, what I'm going to do is let's go ahead and take a short break. When we come back, uh, for those of you just tuning in, we're talking with Jennifer Halls and Susan Huff, and we're talking about something that is so absolutely out there right now. You know, we have mothering and mothers pitching in whether or not you've actually had your own child. There are people that are backing each other up right now. And so when we come back, we're going to talk more about what is it that both Jennifer and Susan have learned and, you know, what is it that brings to the forefront their passion and purpose to reach out to others, to invite them? But before we go to break, Susan, how do people find out more about you? And Jennifer, how do people find out more about you? Go to livingyourgifts.com and check me out, livingyourgifts.com. And go to youknow.net, Y-O-U-K-N-O-W.net. And there's a whole bunch of stuff there. I love it. We're going to take a short break, everybody. And by the way, if you have any questions or you're facing something around this and you want to get some insight from two women who live and breathe this and have stepped into every pothole you're probably thinking about, 1-800-930-2819 
or if you're on Facebook, David's over there. He will get your questions up and at him. Short break, Benny. We'll be right back. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Message delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit AngelMessages2U.com. That's AngelMessages, the number two, the letter U.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the Mer World Radio with me, Amirabeth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amirabeth.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, You are, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Living Your Gifts Radio with Susan Huff. This is about ancient applications for modern times. Um, Today, Susan is bringing a very special guest with us, Jennifer Halls, and we are talking today about mothering, find your village. And this is part two of an earlier conversation. 
Um, and you know what we've talked about so far, and thank you both for sharing what your journey has been like, and what you've developed, you know, not only between yourselves, but between your children, the level of trust, the level of integrity, the level of care and the level of love. And now you have taken that and are bringing it out into the world and saying to folks, wait a minute, we can help you with this. We can help you in this world. Um, and sometimes, Jennifer, people think, wow, I was born and I had a passion for this and here I am. I get to ask that all the time. And when I tell people, no, I dialed the wrong phone number, that's why I'm here. <laughs> they, they don't believe it. But isn't that kind of the same? I mean, how was this for you? How did you come to this place that we're talking about today, Jennifer? Well, when we, when Susan and I uh, met each other and decided for many reasons to go into business together, it made sense for me to come and stay there. I think it's really important to say that I didn't think, oh good, I can be a mother to these kids. I think, I think there are kid stealers out there and that's why people are distrustful. Like, oh, and there was never anything secretive. I never did anything secretive with the kids that, 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 that Susan didn't know about. Um, I entered that as a, as a, we got into business, we really liked each other. It started to feel like a family. And so I think even if you're not living together, when you go and pitch in, you go and you bring food, you go and you get to know everybody, you get to know um, your friend's parents, you get involved in, I think that's the thing. And it's all about love, you know? And I really, I would never put anything at risk by kind of being deceitful or, or like telling the kids, playing the kids. I've seen people do this where they play the kid. Oh, your mother doesn't know. You know, mm. if we ever did that, it was joking and they knew it. Um, uh, we, well, we did it in front of each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. So the, it was a, it, it, it was really, I don't think, I don't know if you go into it thinking, I'm gonna mother these kids. It's more about, hey, how can this be a bigger family? And how can I contribute? You know, it, that's more of the idea of going in and then seeing how it works and seeing um, how the love goes there. and. And things like that as opposed to and i think it is it's easier with jennifer than it was probably for me to allow a stepmom into my daughter's life um i think that was harder because um you know there's already that edge about the marriage didn't work and you know uh the communication wasn't as clear where with jennifer and i it was it was a clear communication there wasn't a compet competitiveness and I have to tell you as the mom there was times when I felt not competitive so much with Jennifer because when I did I would have talked about it you know but with a stepmom it was more like is she trying to usurp I mean I'm just going along with that is she usurping my my child where um I think in my groups like when I have the mother's groups I really try to get them to like open to like isn't it better if more children love your your children truly how can you start to have a conversation even with a woman that maybe you're you're edgy and aggravated at right mm. and i don't think it's an easy process but i think it's a, a valuable process because it, it has to be about the children 
And I, I don't think that's easy to do. And I think right. it, it's easier when it's a friendship, you know, and when it, it, it does ha unfold naturally. But I think there, there needs to be an awakening where we do it more consciously too, mm -hmm. where we, you know, and bring it to the surface. So it's a tough one. And I know that you were had a stepmom, Pat. Dr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, um, you know, I from time to time, I talk about how difficult that was for a lot of reasons. But the mostly what I talk about with my stepmom, Doris, is I know that everything that I am today, when it when you look at sort of the ability to persevere, never give up, right? We talked about an expression before we got on, you know what, or get off the pot. That was her. I, I'm sure not only would I not be here, but I most likely would not be alive. And sometimes it's hard to put that in words. Was this easy for her? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And when I asked her, she said, I had no idea what I was marrying into. Uh, and, and we all knew that. But somehow, in some way, what you both are talking about, somehow that wisdom comes to the forefront. I wanted to ask you both about now where you go from here. You know, what are you together thinking about to help other people, right? Because clearly, if you'd have been around when my stepmom was going through this, I'm pretty sure she'd have been talking to you. So where where are you now in taking what you've learned and paying it forward? I mean, I, I think I do it in my groups a lot. I think I do remothering. I think for one thing, if you haven't been mothered to begin with, it's really hard to know how to mother, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a, a remothering process that I have that I think happens in, in my pra practice. And, um, and I think the mothering continues throughout our lives too. I think Jennifer is really good at mothering people too. Um, and, and mothering can be opening you up to your intuition, to listening deeper, to, to taking a moment to pause and think like, hmm, what it, could this person mean to me? Why has this person come into my life? What, you know, how does that develop me as a better person? I mean, I am definitely a better mom than I could have ever been because I opened my life up with other mothers and with Jennifer in particular, who was in my home. You know, I got, I got lucky, but I also listened. And so did she. And we took the time to pause and reflect. And I think that's where um, we both do really good work is like helping people to like, okay, let's see this from another perspective. Mm. And what does it look like to create community in this day and age? You know, right now, I know Jennifer has a class that she does. And so do I online where we, we do groups and we, we get real and authentic. And isn't it about just being able to admit our faults? As Jennifer, well as tell our us about that. You know, can you both talk about the, you know, what you're doing uh, in transferring this knowledge and wisdom about the courses that you've created for this? Uh, the courses, I, I let me say this first. 
I want to just say I had a really good example. Uh, when my parents got divorced, um, my my dad's wife came to me and she said, look, you have a mother. You have a great mother. I'm not trying to ever be your mother, but I would love to be your friend. And I that is a turning point in my life. It, it, she really, she's Jackie's a wonderful woman, and I love her and adore her. Um, and she never, ever tried. And I think that's part of what I use in that. Like, I'm not trying to be anybody's mother, um, but I, I want to get to know people. And I think if you have that, even even the intention, like, oh, we're going to be friends, that that's not necessarily. So I try to be honest. And then my my both of my parents also, I learned they how how it looks and how it feels to, to be a kid and have people fighting and um my parents stopped that and they became really good friends they still talk to each other now they've been divorced 30 years mm. um so i think those examples and passing that forward of how to be an adult and how to respect somebody else's point of view and i think um the intuition part is if you can if you can feel i knew you know, I heard that that thing with Branner and I felt it and I tried to deny it. Um, and then finally, I told Susan about it after, you know, a long stretch of time um, uh, about your this, your son's going to be in, in your life for the rest of your life. I think there's something about my intuit, my intuition, my core, something in me knew something in me came into alignment and was at least open to it. Um, and with Ashley too. And um, I think just getting to know and, and then introducing people into your family. So Branner and Ashley, both my father thinks of them as grandchildren, you know, because I brought them in, started at a young age, like this is, these are the only kids I'm going to have and that, you know, you need to honor it. And I think it was hard at first, but then people started to understand that this is not a you know, we haven't lived together for what, 10 years, Susan, something like that. I mean, we haven't 11 lived together years, 11 years for a long time, but we still are in constant communication mm -hmm. and, and, um, participating. I helped both kids go to college, you know, things like that, but that's an intuitive. You can come from your core and you know, in your heart where to go. If, if you're, if you're listening, you know, in your heart where, where it's being called. And, and we, I mean, we talk, I thought something happens to the kids. She's the first person I call, you know, and I have to say, I had, you know, Chuck, who we are not married and he, we still talk regularly and we still parent together and we have role modeled what it is to really parent and honor that parenting process and loving our children together. And we still do holidays together. You know, in fact, we're doing Thanksgiving together because my daughter's going to be having a baby. So, um, you know, it, it's worked out well. And I think part of it was it started that way. And it's in, even in transitions, we continued it on, you know, and I don't think it's easy, but I think it's the right way. And I think people, when they start to broaden their perspective of what is it to be a mother, they're really not our children anyway, right? eventually they go on their own and they make their own decisions and they live their own lives. And it's such a blessing to that they've had more input and the more you can give to them, 
the the more they grow into who they really are. I mean, even Sabonfu said, uh, what did she say? Like, if I didn't like what one mother said, I went to another one. <laughs> yeah. But it broadens your perspective of, of kind of bringing in all of that energy that's around you as a child to make wiser decisions as an adult. You, I think that, that whole thing with the kids, when she would say, you know, if I didn't like what one mother said, I'd go to the other one. She told the kids that, right? So the three of us would be there. And I think when the kids would try to go from one to the other of us and we all agreed, it had more impact as to, you know, when we disagreed, that was good because they got to see that. But when we all agreed, they really started to pay attention. Like when they go to Sabopu and say, well, Jennifer and mom said this. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and Sabomu would say, well, that sounds kind of reasonable to me. Uh -huh. I mean, they would it'd be like, oh, wow. All right. Everybody's agreeing. I, I need to really listen to this as opposed to go off and do some crazy thing by myself. Mm -hmm. it, it just make, I just think listening and, and, and honoring and becoming women more together. There's something about that. We have been so separated as women, so isolated, living in our little boxes, trying to do everything by ourselves. And I don't think that modality is worked or is going to continue to work. And I think more, I think it's part of the breakdown of what's going on in our culture right now is we don't work together and, and parent together and live in collaboration and community. And I think we are struggling as a culture because we don't have that anymore. Yeah. And I, I think it has to come back. It has to come back in order for the family system to heal too. Look how far away we live as, as parents and grandparents. We don't have the same connection. So you have to kind of figure out how to build that. I mean, even when my daughter's in, this, in, in Brooklyn and I said, you need to meet other parents. You need to reach out to other people in your building that live right where you live and, and start making community. Yeah. You know, I find this interesting because having grown up in, um, let me just call it old school. I think some of this goes on still, but having grown up in, you know, a place like New York City where community block parties, I mean, so much, you know, people looking out for each other, um, almost to a fault, like, you know, you know, Vito's mom knew everything about everybody, like everything. Um, but that was just a way of life. And the real challenge, I think, is how do we do that in the digital world? Because there are some people that say, ah, digital world, but there's an enormous benefit that we have now learned you know, given COVID-19 of how to become innovative and create, how to really be open to reaching people that need help. And, you know, you know, there's an intentionality and a consciousness around it. How important is that? Well, I didn't like it at first, probably, you know, to be honest. Um, but now that I've been doing these Zoom groups and um, broadening my way of working, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it because I actually, I have now 25 teens on a Zoom call on Tuesdays and, and I can focus on them. And actually in some ways with the teenagers, it's a little bit easier because I can say they have to mute. They're not 
side talking. They're not sidebarring all the time. Now, don't <laughs> get me wrong. I like that too, because you get scoops that way. But um, I can kind of like see each one individually and do some breakout with them, you know, and they're focused, which sometimes they're not so focused when you're, you're in a, you know, when I had them in my home, in my living room, like, I don't know how many times I had to yell, come on, <laughs> we got to do this, you know? So I, I think there's some great things that have come out of this. And I, and I also think there's some things that I can't wait to have again, where I have that human face to face wow. with people, you know? I do know. I really do know. How yeah. about you, Jennifer? What have you, you know, what have you looked at and have had to do to either adapt or become extremely creative? I, you know, I think I was born for COVID because I'm an extreme introvert. And so yeah, me too. <laughs> me, it was, I mean, and it, I mean, it's terrible people getting sick and, and all those things. But um, I think that the thing for me was making it meaningful when I would get on the, the Zoom call or the FaceTime or, you know, um, having a real conversation like I would if I was in person as opposed to, um, you know, I mean, there's chatter, uh, but but uh, being very specific and very conscious about, okay, I have this opportunity to figure out how to connect deeply from afar. I have this opportunity. Um, I think it's an incredible opportunity to, to deepen connections mm -hmm. and really decide to, um, you could really, I could really see um, there were things that I was doing that really weren't that important. When I looked at it, it was like, oh, good. I'm not, and then you, you had to think, oh, wait a minute. I, I'm feeling that's good that I'm not going out there. What, what is, what should I have been paying attention to to begin with with this? And I believe that when we come out of this, my life will be restructured to focus my energy on what's more important mm -hmm. to me. Um, and I think that's the gift of this, that we can, mm -hmm. we do have this time to say, who do I want to mm -hmm. uh, stay connected with? Who is important to me? Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of practice because Susan, uh, we live 2000 miles away from each other. Um, but it's like, who do I keep my life? Who do I want to spend my time on this technical thing with? Uh, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. it really is uh, a learning, growing, expanding, and facing yourself journey. Um, you know, I wanted to just make sure, again, that folks really know um, how they can connect with you, Susan, how they can connect with you, Jennifer, because, you know, a lot of times, a light bulb goes on and says, wait a minute, I don't want to do this alone anymore. So Susan, please provide your information and then Jennifer, and then I would love to know from each of you, your personal message. Well, I, I, you can always reach me at livingyourgifts.com and you can get on the newsletter. And if you're interested in my groups or anything like that, you can just um, reach out to me. I'll get an email from you and I'll respond back. And um, I'm just really grateful to have this time always to, to talk about a new way, which is an old way of parenting and coming together as mothers. So um, join, join in and, and get involved and reach out and find your tribe. And you Jennifer, can, how about you? You can always contact me at you know, y -O -U -K -N -O -W .net. and there there are 
today, as of today, 135 recordings on different ways of opening and connecting with your intuition. Uh, I think if you, if you live an intuitive life, you are then moved to the direction, just like I was moved towards Susan and towards that family and towards being able to be a mother, which I wouldn't have been able to be. Um, and so your intuition for every aspect of your life, for business, your relationships, um, any, any decision-making whatsoever, the more you can come in and be present and, and move forward from a place of comfort and, and felt knowing the easier life seems to be. That's what I help with. Awesome. Thank you. Susan, how about you? I, I think find your tribe, trust that there's people out there that need you as much as you need them and really open your hearts to a new way and allow um, your guidance to carry you. You know, if, if you feel moved to talk to somebody, if you feel somebody um, can open to you and be their authentic self with you and you can do the same, take advantage of that connection, take advantage of being present with one another and reach out to those people that you already love and and fuel the flame, keep it burning, um, awaken to this new community that we're creating through Zoom and through knowing that we're not to do it alone anymore. I love it. Thank I, you both. I am so grateful to you, Dr. Pat and Jennifer, as always, for joining us today and sharing your experiences. And these times are challenging for everyone. And I am so honored to be able to spend time with you guys today. And I look forward to seeing all of you on the second Wednesday of next month. And you've been listening to me, Susan Huff with Living Your Gifts, Ancient Applications for Modern Times on Transformation Talk Radio. And you again can reach Jennifer Halls at youknow.net and me at livingyourgifts.com. And Dr. Pat, as always, I'm so honored to be a part of Transformation Talk Radio and to uh, know and deepen my relationship with you and all that you bring to the world. Well, thank you. This is such an important topic. And boy, I'll tell you, if there's one thing we've all learned is we've learned how to be there for each other. And that is an energy that is very, very difficult to destroy. And thank you for reminding us of that power that we have to do that and the kindness and love that it stems from. Thank you both for a great show. Thank you. Thank and you. I'll, we'll see you soon. Yep. You've been listening to Living Your Gifts, ancient applications for modern times. Now go out and face the world with your powerful, unique self. You get to be you. Now that is radical. Show the world what you learned and help make it a little bit better each and every day. To learn more about me, please visit www.livingyourgifts.com. That's livingyourgifts.com.